Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best. Hello and welcome to a special draft edition episode of Triple P, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys. Justin Bradford, Matt Best coming at you. And it has been a long, long two days. Oh boy, I am <laughs> so ready to be at a draft in person again, where hopefully it'll just run more quickly and there'll be less timeouts and that's less... the worst crap ever oh oh my gosh this the... i sat down at my desk in my basement for seven hours today the first two hours didn't mean anything really to me in terms of coverage because the president didn't have a pick because they traded their two second round picks to get another pick in the first round so i was just it took that long to get to the fourth round yeah it's uh it that long they need to change some things around. If you don't have a short list, like, you know, in a fantasy draft, if you're drafting like your hockey team, you have a short list if you're on like a good mm-hmm. server and then someone takes it and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, but I got a number two here. Right. Just do that. Like, Just there's no, that. Uh, it's so stupid. Abolish the timeouts. If you want, like, if you want the draft to be a fun spectacle on TV, get rid of the like three minute too long talking head segments and mm-hmm. just no timeouts. I mean, hell, I'd watch more commercials at this point. Well, what I what got to be too in the later rounds, and I understand why they do this in the later rounds to get interviews in. They're not even announcing draft picks anymore. They're just letting them appear on the screen. Yeah, like and as there's interviews coverage. and everything going on, it's just oh, there's the ticker. Oh, okay. Like I, yeah. I don't care. This sounds horrible, but a lot of people won't care except for a small fan base what Detroit's pick at like 160 has to say. Like if you care that much, you're gonna go on Detroit's website or on their Twitter. Right. Like, right. you got to find a way to make coverage more fun, just like they've done with the trade deadline. But otherwise, you're not going to get a lot of casual fans going, oh, I can't wait to watch the NHL draft. And there's not a lot after the first round. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's get into this uh, so we don't drag on our bitch fest. Uh, oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Because uh, I know we'll, we'll, we'll have some other things to cover. But the National Predators, you can tell that they went for quality over quantity i mean they had multiple draft picks they had two sets uh in rounds where they had multiple picks in a round where they they had flexibility asked general manager david poyle uh, ahead of the draft about flexibility he said yeah there's flexibility and then afterwards asked jeff kelty about that i was like yeah and then asked david poyle about that i was like well it's something we considered and having those extra picks it gives you some something to trade and that's mm-hmm. what you saw there are plenty of times where teams moved up and traded two picks later to move up so teams that had that flexibility uh, and that power of having multiple picks in, within a round made things tradable. So let's go ahead and just let's kind of run from the top, sure. top down, and then we'll give our grades here. Luckily, we only we don't have eight players to go through. We only yeah. have six players to go through for the Preds. But the the Fedor Shveshkov pick, center, six foot, out of Russia. He's going to be a teammate with uh, uh, Yaroslav Askarov. In, in the KHL, so good. I, I like the pick right off the bat. I mean, I like the pick, and this we already knew coming into this draft, everyone's board's going to be different. We saw players jump up like Tyler Boucher. His jump was just insane. A, a little too much. Yeah, it, it, I mean, there, there were some interesting jumps, some interesting falls as well here. I think this was one of those things the Predators seemed excited to, to get him where they did because he was ranked multiple places. I mean, let's go. Elite Prospects had him at 13. But then you have McKean's had him at 30, whereas TSN Craig Button had it at number six. I mean, it was I, all over the board. 
I don't with, really with one. take into like Craig Button's rankings can be Craig Button's rankings. Right. Like I'll respect the Bob Father and his rankings. And for right. me, it's like I'll listen to Elite Prospects rankings. I'll listen to Bob McKenzie's rankings. I'll listen to Central Scouting. McKean's I'll listen to. Dauber Prospects I'll listen to. Right. There's a few there that I'll listen to. But then when it just says, and I work for this company, ranked 18 by Sportsnet, it's like, yeah, cool. There's not a huge head scout at Sportsnet. I mean, Sammy Cosentino did a fantastic job during the whole panel uh, experience. He was one of the bright spots of this draft. But just keep your rankings in check is all I can really say. If you see that someone ranks them 9, but the average is like 22, it, more likely that the player is slated out to be 22. Well, and especially in this draft where there, so, there wasn't much opportunity to see players. This, this is the draft, folks, where I think in three, four years – we look back at this there's going to be guys from the fourth and fifth round probably more than normal mm-hmm. that make it to the show because they they did especially guys from the o i mean i think there's gonna be plenty of guys from the o because the o really fell in terms of the first round that we have guys drafted later than they probably would have been had they normally been playing they're gonna make it and it's gonna make this draft look so weird because you're gonna have a lot of middle round picks make it to the show which is gonna be really cool because it means these players did believe in them they took a flyer on it and who knows what's going out to be but uh, Fedor Shvechkov coming out of Russia. Uh, it was one of those picks that I, I, I'd like to pick overall. And he, and here's the thing. The way I do draft coverage, folks, I prepare a little bit, but I'm not going to fully prepare and memorize scouting reports, no. <laughs> especially this year. No. Most other years, I will, especially when you have an idea of where the Predators are picking. You know where the Predators are picking. You have an idea what players are probably going to be available. But here, when everything's all over the place i was like let's just see what happens and react that was the best way to to prepare for the draft is have all my scouting reports ready have the athletic up because they do really good coverage have elite prospects up have mckeens up have future considerations up have all these things up to see and then react and post scouting reports because there was just wasn't enough and i didn't make a trip this year to to look at some prospects like i typically do or even look at preds prospects because they weren't even playing uh but your initial thoughts especially from from you matt um, the, the Svechkov choice. Svechkov is my favorite pick of this whole draft, and okay. you'll hear out why just later on. Um, a lot of people aren't going to agree that Svechkov should be their favorite, but in terms of what I wanted the Predators to do in this draft, and specifically this draft only so far, is draft players that have a high skill potential. Because we've talked about it since our days on LOP, that this is the draft where you got to throw darts. You need to hope, you need to hit something. Because other than like Owen Power and the top like five consensus guys, there's not a Go lot. Blue. Yeah, there's not a man. There's not a lot going on. So Svechkov is a guy where it's not Svechnikov. Like a lot of people are like, oh, is he his brother, his cousin? No, no, no. Just no. different. Completely different. Um, you want to draft. He can also play the wing, by the way. You want to go forward heavy in this draft. I don't understand the love for defense, by the way. We'll talk about that later. But this is the draft where you go for skill. You go for pure talent. You go for that upside. Uh, you go for literally something that's not a for sure shot. Because this draft is filled with not a lot of for sure's. But you want the closest to... He could pan out, couldn't he? That's what you're wanting in this draft. I think here they did it perfectly. Um, He's not a pure offensive talent, which is what I also like. He's more of a two-way player. I think you're going to see a lot in this kid's game. I did a bit of like background scouting as soon as they picked him. He's, I think the right word is shifty. 
He's smart and shifty. He okay. gets himself okay. into the right opportunities, and he's not a player that's like, oh, I have this, like my blinders are on, I'm going straight for the net. He knows when to back off at the right time, which has led to scoring opportunities based on what I saw. Uh, I, I like the pick. I think he's a smart kid. Um, if I project him, highest, well, like highest for anybody can be an elite player. But my realistic projection for him is second line center and yep. a good one at 100%. that. Nothing crazy. Like he could be a Grandland kind of guy. He just knows how to go into the right spots. Uh, I'd like to see him put on an extra, I don't know, 15-ish pounds, 15, oh, 20 yeah, pounds over the next happen, couple yeah. of years, right, and grow another couple inches. Um, a growth spurt would do this kid wonders. I, I think he'll be a good second-line center, at worst a third-line center. Yeah, yeah, and, and the thing, too, especially when you're picking at 19 overall and in a weaker draft, having a guy that's a solid middle six center that's not a bad thing. That that's is definitely not that, that. That's what you want. So some of the reports here uh, regarding elite, uh, from elite prospects with Shvechkov built for tough matchups, killing, taking critical faceoffs late in games. Yeah. And I mean, that's a having a good center that is reliable with a hockey IQ that can handle that and a good mentality to handle tough situations late in games. Yeah, you, you need that. And then also more from elite prospects on Shvechkov. This is this is great, though. Art Ross trophies won't line the walls of the Shveshkov estate when he hangs at the skates, no. but he'll bring more than enough offense to hang in an NHL middle six. That seems like the floor for a player this sharp. Yeah, it, like, th- I'm I'm super okay with drafting a player like this because it's not that I'm saying that I wanted the Preds to go out and draft guys that are only purely offensive because, yeah, the Preds are hungry for offense, but at the same time, a guy like this in the playoffs, a guy that can win face-offs, a guy that is smart and can be out there in late-game scenarios... Those are the kinds of players you want to have in your system during their prime years instead of having to sign them to ludicrous contracts. Ludicrous I'm okay with this pack. I, I'm okay with this. This is this was I'll grade this one based on what was available. Honestly, an A minus. I'd like this one. Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely give it an A. Somewhere in the A. And lastly, on Shvechkov, uh, I asked him if he had modeled his game after any current NHL players or if he can compare himself to any current players. And the dude dropped like a truth bomb and he's like, no, I want to be myself. I like that. That's <laughs> badass. That's, that's, that's confident. Yeah, that is confident. That's, that, that is badass. Uh, nothing else. Okay, move to the next one. And this is Zachary Lachou. <laughs> oh. People are saying LaRue. I fully assume it's actually supposed to be that French H, right? 100%. Okay, LaRue. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. I, I, LaRue. Okay. Yeah, it's like so, you have a bit of phlegm in your mouth as soon as you uh, say it. Uh, uh, so this pick, the National Predators, traded their two seconds to get <sighs> Zachary LaRue at 27 overall. Hold, hold on. Hold, I hear your sign. Your yeah. Job pause for a second let me get through this uh, to get him at 27 overall you've been playing with the halifax mooseheads of the queue uh this kid he's 5'11 196 pounds is what he's listed at he was again ranked for elite prospects at 27 future considerations have at 45 uh, mckean's had him at 31 uh iss had him at 28 so i think on average when you look at a lot of these things he was taken around the spot he was probably estimated to go somewhere in the late 20s early 30s and the predators obviously traded up because they felt like he might go and this is one of the guys they had rated pretty high and when i asked about this too they said they had lou near shvechkov just below shvechkov in terms of the priority and so when they saw the opportunity to take him they decided to pull the trigger and make that trade now why matt is signed a lot of you have already already seen the kid plays 
in the gray area a lot. He plays with a tremendous edge. He's had some attitude things on the ice. Nothing in terms oh, of yeah. like how he acts with this with within his team, but it's more about how he acts in the ice. Obviously, physical player gets on the opponent's skin, acts like a rat. There's been tossed out things like of Tom Wilson, Brad Marchand, a Kachuk, things like that. Tom Wilson, he's not as big as Tom Wilson, so let's just take that one right off. Uh, but he mixes it up. He's been suspended for flipping off the, the, the fans. He has had a spitting incident. Uh, he's had secondary fights after a primary fight. Uh, the scouting report on Elite Prospects says that much of Naru's game is defined by his physicality. He's an enthusiastic hitter, one who's put more than his fair share of four opponents into the boards or onto their asses. This is on Elite Prospects. I love he'll that. Get, I saw that, too. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> he'll get under his opponent's skin after the whistles. He'll fight. He'll mix it up. His problem-solving ability through secondary and tertiary defensive vari- variables let him make plays where others would struggle to retain possession. So before I hand it over to you, Matt, uh, for this, because I know you have plenty to say, there's the type of player that if the Predators can get it under control, and evaluate him and develop him to mature while still playing with that edge, but a safe edge to where he's not a detriment to his team. This is the type of player the Predators want, that most teams want, that it's a, a, a player that can score, be an offensive threat, but also be physical. And that's difficult to find that, the, the, that mix of all those things. You'll have your guys that'll be physical, you'll have your guys that can score goals, but oftentimes it's hard to find a guy that does both of those things and plays with that edge. I mean, Brad Marchand's one of them, right? Tom Wilson's another one. Uh, the Kachucks are, are the ones there. Uh, so he's not a goon because he can actually produce. So that's why I even asked, how do you get it under control? Like, well, we're going to work with him. Obviously, that comes with maturity is what David Poyle said. I know the, the Predators uh, amateur scout, North American amateur scout, uh, Jean-Philippe Graud, was extremely excited about this. Like, he was glowing in his interview. I mean, so, so pumped to be able to get him because he has so much faith and what LaRue can bring to the Predators organization. They don't have many like this. I know they've had a pick last year as well, a couple picks that were described as being rat-like. So you can tell they're trying to change their edge in terms of forwards if they wanted to produce and play with an edge. So Matt, after all this, all this preemptive saying, because you're up there in Canada too, and I'm sure this makes way more news when a junior player is doing the type of stuff that oh, yeah. he is pulled on the ice <clears throat> your reaction to this pick and let's let's take it from a perspective of should predators fans be excited about this and a perspective nationally hockey wise of your professional opinion as a hockey analyst so <laughs> nationally wise like when this guy got drafted hockey canada itself like not the organization but hockey twitter up in canada was like oh i remember this kid like you don't forget <laughs> things like that the spitting the flipping people off and everyone goes well good canadian kid that's what he is at the very very most and then that was it that was the end of the discussion with hockey canada mm-hmm. there was no talk about his skill there was no talk about his grit it was just that's what he's defined as right now in his career that's okay honestly that's fine whatever um in terms of pure skill and grit his skill could be as high as a Wayne Simmons. I think that is his very, very highest. Because Wayne Simmons early in his career played the same kind of role. Wayne Simmons last season uh, with the Sioux Greyhounds, 36 points, 31 games. Like over a point per game kind of player. You go to Mr. LH here, I'm not going to do the French. I'm not feeling it today. 39 points in 33 games over a point per game playing that same gritty edge. So I think his comparison at the end of the day, if you want one, is Wayne Simmons. And okay. I'm not I'm not huge on these comparisons because I think like um, Svechkov said in himself, you just want to be your own player. But right. that is like if everything goes right in this kid's career, the same chances of me like and you winning the lottery. Here's why I don't like this pick. 
I think David Poyle saw Tanner Janot and he was like, oh, I like Tanner Janot. He's like, oh, I'm going to protect Tanner Janot. And he's like, hmm, Tanner Janot was cheap. What can, who else can I get that's cheap? Oh, this kid plays the same kind of game as Tanner Janot? I'm going to draft the clone of Tanner Janot right now. I don't understand it when you look at the rest of the board and there was more of those high-skill players that were available. Uh, Stromgren, William Stromgren, uh, some of the guys I like. Tu- yeah, Tuamala, uh, and Pinelli. I love Pinelli. I, Pinelli was a guy that I had on my board that I wanted to go. He's a big, he's a tall center who's going to grow into his weight. Should have gone in the first round. Those were the guys I wanted to see. LaRue's are a dime a dozen. And I, like that's to me a phrase that we've used way too much now, but to me that's what he is. He's a guy that you can sign at 31 years old to fill this role. He, you're just going to get him now at 18 and hope and wish and pray. That's cool if you're drafting this guy in the 4th, 5th or 6th round. The offense just isn't there for me. I know I said he was above a point per game, but transitioning that point per game and higher into the NHL is a completely different story, especially when you're kind of a nutcase and you're going to try and make yourself become that kind of player. You know who else was a nutcase in junior? Zach Cassian. Who? And then Zach Cassian comes up, has a few tumultuous years, and then is finally now at this point in his career doing something. Yeah, that worked out well. But... let, let, let me ask you a question then about this. Okay. You're saying all this. Why was he ranked so high by so many people? And when I say ranked high, that because he's he, projected to go late first, early yep, second, right? Because he's a sure thing. Because what you see is what you get. There okay, is, that is there fair. Is, there That's is fair. no like incredibly high upside. There's no there's no like low floor. He's got an average floor. He will be an NHL player. But he's also going to be like a third liner or fourth liner. That's what you're drafting him to be. Nobody out here is getting fooled by David Poyle thinking, hey, we're going to draft him to become a first first line like winger, first line center. That's not what it is. I just don't okay. understand the idea of spending a first round pick and trading up to spend a first round pick to draft like a bolts and nuts kind of guy. I always relate it back to bolts when I was nuts. bolts and nuts. When not I nuts was and bolts. Yeah, I guess I could have said that. Um, God, before that I bothers me. Sorry. Before <laughs> I jumped into media, one of the last drafts that I remember growing up was the draft in which the Toronto Maple Leafs selected Freddie Gauthier. And they had him late in the first round, and everyone was like, this is a guy that's going to just win faceoffs, and he's high as a third-line center, third center. He'll be like your David Steckel kind of guy, fourth-line center, solid defensively. Well, that's good and dandy, but why are you wasting a first-round pick on that? And he panned out to be exactly that, and he's not even making a huge contribution on NHL teams anymore. The Leafs gave him every single chance to succeed. They gave him, like, every first call-up was Freddie Gauthier, Freddie Gauthier, the GOAT, the GOAT, the GOAT. Fans liked him because he did his job. He won face-offs. But he has zero offensive skill, zero offensive talent, and I'm just afraid that Leroux is going to be the same kind of guy, a guy that you can go dumpster diving for in free agency years later when you're trying to fix your team with puzzle pieces here and there instead of gambling on someone who could have been a lot better this pick to me like if you want to grade it on he can make an nhl impact first out of everyone else that got drafted yes he will i think he'll be the first one up to the show in terms of how big his impact will be not that big he's gonna be fun to watch he'll be very fun to watch but uh there's not much there to like other than he hit hard that is it so the way that i see this is and if anything, where I'll give Poyle and, and company credit is that they know what they need to address. 
which is being more continuing to be more difficult to play against. And we saw that in multiple picks. Yeah, we saw that in the way they traded in terms of getting uh, Phil Myers as well to go on the right instead of Ryan Ellis because he got pushed around. We, we're seeing at least them adjust. They're adjusting a little bit of the strategy with the types of players they're going after. And then later on, they took a guy a little bit smaller, but they're confident, and we'll talk about this, they're confident that his skill set will outlast the the, the, the small size. I and love everything small too. Picks. Yeah, and, and it's good to see, and you got to take a risk sometimes as well. So I'll say this, that while probably not worth a first round, Yes, but this this is the year though where if you're going to take a flyer on a kid, yeah, I mean, this would be the year to try to risk it. Yeah, and we've talked about this ad nauseum about how kind of piss poor this draft is. They drafted one of the most sure things in terms of not being a top tier talent and just being you filled this role for the rest of your career. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At least we know, like you said, you you know what you're going to get. So at least if you're spending a first round pick, it's better to do that than something you know with that than you're risking a possible tank. Yeah, out of out of a pick. So that's why I'll say at least you you know what you're going to get out of this, and it probably will make the show sometime and be entertaining and be fun. And I will say, boy oh boy, wherever he was doing his interview, the, his family in the back, it must have been all hardwood floors. It was echoing like crazy. <laughs> it was difficult to hear. Oh my god, like I couldn't even hear myself asking the question because it was that's... so loud in my ears. And I heard somebody go. Shh, and it got quiet for like 10 seconds and it got back up again. I'm like, oh, alcohol's uh, been being consumed here. Oh, of course. <laughs> draft party. parties are, I, oh, definitely a big I party go with his family. to a draft party. And like, I'm not here trying to shit on the kid and his offensive no, skill and everything. Like, it's just, it's just, this is what I see in him. And yeah, like I said, out of everyone the Preds drafted, he will be the first one of the NHL out of all these guys is yeah. because he's the most close to being refined. Hey, we see it all the time. People appreciate us because we're not sugarcoating. We are giving our, our full opinions. Yeah, that's and it. So, and, but but it's opinion supported by facts that we see, and oh, supported yeah. by actual data or supported by things that we know, and not just flying off an opinion. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, moving on. Third round felt like it took for freaking ever <laughs> to get to pick seventy two for the Natural Predators. Holy crap! Uh, uh, so this is another one that um, that I mean, moving around and everything. The Predators. Get to Anton Olsen. So six feet, defenseman, left-handed. He has been obviously overseas been playing in Sweden. He's been playing with Malmo and also playing in World Juniors as well. Uh, right off the bat in terms of some of the scouting reports, is this is from EP Rinkside. He counts his strengths mainly in his defensive zone, but he has got decent puck control and passing ability to boot. There's another one two-way defenseman who can play both the man advantage as well as in shorthanded situations good first pass okay that's important then here's another one from elite prospects he scans the ice identifies threats ahead of time and cuts their path to the net often quite abruptly laying the odd hit and battling for every inch of space around the net and on the boards and then from Corey Pronman of the athletic uh, Olsen played all season up with men where he held his own. So that's a good sign right there. Liked him versus juniors at the Swedish uh, J20 level. And he has solid U18 Worlds too. Olsen is a strong skater and his skating combined with his puck skills make him very dangerous off the rush. He can execute puck handling displays despite not being a big point producer, which uh, definitely, we definitely know that. In a sentence, Olsen projects to play NHL games but may lack enough puck moving instincts to stick as a full-time player. So what we're looking at is a third pairing defenseman probably as a ceiling. Uh, most likely an extra or a top pairing defenseman in the AHL. Again, in this draft, getting a third pairing defenseman in the third round, not a bad thing. 
he's uh, a project to me. Because like the one right. of the uh, scouting reports said, he played in a league with men. And you know what that league's not going to do? Give an 18-year-old a ton of ice time. So what mm-hmm. you're seeing is very limited. Teams oh, are going sure. to try and take advantage of him playing limited minutes and match up the top lines against him. So I'm not saying the scouting reports are skewed. I'm saying just watch him and don't care about the points right now. I right. truly don't think he'll ever put up many points in the NHL. But I do think his ceiling is a little higher than that of a third-pairing defenseman or an extra. I think he's a poor, poor man's uh, Larson, just because Larson's made his career now at this point by being a defensive guy. Uh, he's a good skater. Um, Olsen, that is. Olsen's a good skater. He's very good at defense from what I saw. His offense is just unknown to me. I won't say it's good. I won't say it's okay. bad. But what I'm leaning more towards right now is that it's probably not going to be great. He's not going to score you, I think, <laughs> any more than 15 to 20 points a season. And even then, you're kind of happy and lucky about that. Uh, I, but I think he's a good guy to have to protect your Victor Hedmans of the world to protect mm-hmm. your Kale McCars, to protect your guys that want to go up and join the rush but need someone to stay at home and can get back in a hurry. His skating will let him get back in a hurry, but he's never going to be a guy that you want to throw it on your top power play or even your second pairing. He's a guy that you'll put out there on your penalty kill. He's a guy that you'll put out there towards the end of the game if he can match his potential and what I see in this kid. I think he'll be all right. Um, very highest, middle pairing defenseman, absolute lowest right now extra just right like a career ahl or kind of guy yeah and and again i'll say this too prodman also had to one of nashville's needs was defenseman granted maybe isn't the draft to do it but they need him in the system you look at nashville system right now they don't have a plethora of defensemen you need to have a lot they're still rebuilding the pipeline from trading so much away years ago to make the runs. It takes a long time to rebuild a pipeline. Not saying mm-hmm. the Predators are in rebuild mode, they're still in retool mode, but to rebuild that pipeline to make sure you have to keep drafting them. So I liked how they did three defensemen, three forwards. It's a nice balance in this draft. But I did ask Anton Olsen, uh, who he kind of likens in his game after, and he likened it to Jake Muzzin. Yeah, I I like that comparison. I think <laughs> that's everyone his personal to, one. That's his personal yeah, pick. Right? I think every so. everyone should strive to be a Jake Muzzin because he's a good two way defenseman. He can lay yeah. the body, just gets hurt way too damn much, um, and he can play a bit of offense. And he's your perfect middle pairing kind of guy. That's a good thing to strive for. I'm okay with people saying he wants to be that. If he said he wants to be Victor Hedman, I'd laugh at him, which is kind yeah. of rude. But I mean, middle defenseman, middle pairing defenseman, I'm okay with that. This was a. Uh, Oh, I didn't grade the last pick. Last pick gets a D. This pick gets a uh, <laughs> gets a B. This one gets a B for me. Okay, okay, and I'll put the Lahu one. I'll put that at a C plus. Okay, so we're not too far off. Not too far off. I put that at C plus only because, like, like you said, you know what you're gonna get. Yep. Out of there. All right, moving along. It continued to take forever. It seems to get to these picks, uh, but the Predators in round four had two picks. So uh, 115 overall, Ryan Ufko. I know the defenseman, Chicago Steel, USHL. This is one of those picks that I think people are most excited about because they feel like it's a steal of what they got out of Ufko. And what was funny, too, is they were trying to get Ufko for media availability, but he was about to hit the ice at the World Junior Summer Showcase Mm -hmm. in Michigan. So also good to know, too, that he is at least talented enough to be getting recognized to be able to participate in the World Junior Summer Showcase with Team USA. Uh, He's also... Uh, one of these guys that is at a great powerhouse of development, which is the Chicago Steel. Uh, Ufko 
picked 115 overall, but when you look at the different rankings, it, big difference. So I, the Predators really felt like they got, I want to say, a, they, you'll call it a steal, but they felt like they got a player that they felt should have went way, way earlier. Yeah. And we're just happy that he was there. And it was the cliche, we're just surprised that he was still there. But the other rankings, future considerations had him at 69. Nice. McKean's <laughs> had him at 65. Uh, Central Scouting for North American Skaters had him at 43. Uh, Dauber had him at 55. Uh, that, that's a huge difference in term. It's not like it's 10 or even 20. We're talking about 50 spots yeah. some in, in some places here. Now, he's a little bit smaller. This is the one that's a little bit smaller, but they're very confident in terms of his skill to overcome that size. He's also a right-handed defenseman, uh, and he's an American. You know, Paul's got to get himself an American. But from EP... <laughs> saying he anticipates puck movements, limits the dangerousness of opposing plays, shoulder checks and positions his stick in passing lanes, and even if he stands at five foot ten, he is surprisingly sturdy, winning his share of battles on the walls. He laces deception in his feeds and occasionally manipulates high opposing defenders with feints. So I, I like the report on this, and especially, too, on TV, when NHL Network is giving a little bit of extra time at this point in the draft, you know they're, they're, they're pointing this out for a reason. Uh, because they, they feel like there's a little bit more to to the picks as well. Uh, this is also from Corey Pronman of The Athletic. Ufko has an NHL-caliber putt game, but the question will be whether a defenseman his size without top-end skating can get it done in the NHL, especially defensively. In a sentence, Ufko's hockey sense gives him a real chance to play in the NHL, but his skating and size will challenge him at higher levels. So I like it when it's very honest and not just all positive, positive, positive mm-hmm. in a scattering report, but Pronman keeps it real like he, like he typically does. So there's potential here. Especially there's a kid that's probably going to want to prove himself as a smaller guy. He's on the right development track because he's also going to UMass as well as he's going to play the college hockey route. So the Predators are keeping up their northeastern United States college hockey path of defensemen, it seems, uh, through there. through there. So, Matt, your reaction to this one? This is what I wanted to see. This is more of what I wanted to see earlier. Guys with higher ceilings being drafted. The thing with Ufko, like you said, is he can't really skate that well. But that can be fixed. I like you yeah. can teach oh, yeah. an infant how to skate. You can teach a guy getting drafted in the NHL how to skate better. Um, one <laughs> one example that I do want to bring up is a friend of mine, Brandon Montour, growing up in school. People always thought that yeah, he was going to play in the NHL. Just how good could Montour be? He goes off, plays with San Diego Gulls, goes off and plays just every form of hockey, and made a big emphasis on his skating and his shot. And he went from yeah, he could make the NHL and be an okay player to. Yeah, teams wanted him a few years ago. Teams still do want him. He'll be a coveted free agent this year. Um, that's kind of where I see Ufko. Monty also is six feet tall. Don't let anyone tell you he's any taller. And close to 200 pounds. Ufko on his stat sheet here, 5'10", 181. He's going to grow another inch or two. He's going to gain that extra 20 pounds. He's that small defenseman that has to make damn sure he's average defensively and then can show something a little higher than average offensively or he can be average offensively and show something a little higher than defensively but if you want to be a good nhl defenseman you gotta skate i like this because it's more of a project pick and you can run him through every single development camp you can think of send him to training camps do whatever spend money on the kid and just make him a better skater i like this uh you gotta hope that there's a bit of luck in it too that he grows those extra couple inches and he's not just gonna sit there at 510 511 uh i like it this was one of my favorite picks i would have liked to see the preds actually hold on to their second round picks and do more things like this i think the asset management was they executed what you and i talked about in terms of you have these extra picks trade up Uh they did that part 
but they kind of didn't pick the right players that we were specifically <laughs> looking for. If I knew that they were going to manage their assets that way, I would have just said, okay, I'd like them to stand pat or help other teams leapfrog and gain future assets for the next draft. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Um, this pick itself for me gets a B. It's a good B+. plus. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give it a, a B as well. And I'll add this as well in asking the scouts and – Sorry, his isn't it? Because we talked to so many scouts. This is, that's what I love about the Predators too. They're actually making scouts available uh, for media to talk and ask questions to after during the draft, and that hasn't always been the case. This is something the past like two seasons through Zoom because they're actually there and available, so it's pretty cool. But did ask about you know the size thing and just made sure I was not saying really small. What do you think? But the Predators even say too that well his dad's a little taller, so we're hoping <laughs> there's an extra inch or two in there. They said that like that is some one of the things that they actually took into consideration. They expect him to add an inch or two to his height because they're looking at genetics. I mean, they're looking at genetics, Matt, for where he might actually slot in and how he's going to grow. Can, can we see your dad? What do you mean? How, how tall is your dad? Bring him in. Let's yeah. see him. All right, he's about 6'2", so you could be about six feet tall. I mean, look at me and you. You're How, how right. tall is your mom? Well, my mom is maybe 5'6". Right. No, and five, how, no so 5'5". Five, 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 and five, how tall is your dad? My dad is six foot. And how and tall I'm are you? 6'1". See, you got lucky there. My mom's like the same height as your mom. My dad's 5'11". I'm six feet tall. Like, I also right. got lucky. It's You just need, like I said, Ufko to get a bit lucky there and grow right. those few inches. I think it's hilarious, though, that they were like, well, his dad's tall. Right. So moving on now, the <clears> Predators <throat> have their second fourth-round pick, and it is Jack Mateer. He's a defenseman, Ottawa 67s. Uh what was noted as a good Sault Ste. Marie boy. Is what you don't want to be a good Sault Ste. Marie boy. <laughs> but a, another another right-handed defenseman. This is a big dude. He is listed at 6'4", 205 pounds. So he obviously has a reach. He picked at 124 overall. EP had him at 103. Uh, Bob McKenzie had him at 96. McKean's had him at 82. Uh, so the, and the thing is, not every scouting service had him scouted as we start getting into later rounds. But this is one of those things, uh, one of those players that this is listed as a project. Yeah, this one is list, this one is truly listed as a project type of player. And again, it's taken late in the fourth round and a weaker draft. That's understandable for a player like this to be a project player uh, as well. So let's look at what is said about material. This is elite prospects. He's a long-term project, but one, a development team with a division with a vision will certainly find exciting. Matier's puck handling skills are refined enough for him to reach another level and puck moving skills in the next few years. This one's from Pronman now. Let's see. His only hockey this season with you at teams for Canada. Yeah, we know because he's playing in the O uh, where he was their seventh defenseman. So there's a lot of projection in his game due to the lack of sample size. Matier's with a good hockey sense. He's a strong defender due to his size and, and can kill penalties offensively he makes a good outlet pass and shows some blue line vision to make plays his skating is, is a significant issue though for projecting to the nhl level as his game lacks a lot of pace in a sentence Matier has a chance to play due to his size and sense but his skating may keep him from the nhl so that being said what organization would most people think of out of the nhl is a defense producing factory in terms of how they play or in terms of creating their defensemen? Because in terms of how they play, I think New in York In terms Islanders. of creating and creating homegrown defensemen. I'm set this is a this is a, this is low hanging fruit. You just say Nashville. That's all you get to say Nashville. Oh, I thought we were getting deeper than that because I was starting no. to think like 
defensive no, in terms of play and how they style No, him. no, no, because you start thinking of all the different defensemen that have come through and okay. have been valuable for other teams. So if there is a if there is a system that can develop defensemen, even if they don't stay or they don't play up to their potential, but at least increase <clears throat> defensemen of value, it's the natural predators. Well, there's all the other ones out there, but even people in the league think about the natural predators because you always think of Shea Weber, Roman Yossi, Matthias Ekholm, who <laughs> I mean Jones. is playing out of his mind. Seth Jones. Uh, Ryan Ellis. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Then you even go back to you think Kevin Klein is a steady middle defenseman, what he's been able to do. So, and multiple other ones that probably move on. Cody Franson. Yeah, Cody Franson, Alex Carrier now with what what they're projecting him and wanting him to be. So, if there was an organization to take on a project defenseman, it's the Nashville Predators that if they feel like they can do that. And so I asked, do you see this as a long term project? Is something that you feel like you have the right things in place to help develop him. And the Predators obviously said yes, but it's setting it up to say, yes, we see this is not going to be an instant thing. We can work with him. They feel like there's obviously enough there, just like what Pradman said, that he could make, be an NHL-style player because of his size, but if they can work on his skating and be work on him as a project, yeah, potentially there. Matt? Uh, they need to just make sure they only focus on defense and just make him it's workable on offense. This kid will never play offense in the <laughs> NHL. He is a big boy and he will make the NHL purely due to his um uh, or defensive skills. The, the, you got to run with what you have. If you know you're oh, yeah. this big hulking dude and you're going to grow a bit more, what is he? 6'4", I think he's listed at. 6'4", yeah, 205 at 18. My god. I'd like to go watch him eat at a buffet at that age. That's just <laughs> ridiculous. Uh he will be a guy that if everything pans out, could make a living in the NHL being a solid shutdown guy. I mean, you look around the NHL, and these are extreme examples, keep in mind. Who, who are other gigantic, big NHL dudes? One does play, uh, color commentary for the Predators sometimes. Hal Gill. Oh, you're talking about Hal Gill. A well, mo- was... Right, a monster. Um, in a good way. Oh, yeah. In a good way. I'm not calling him an ugly monster or anything. Zdeno Chara, a monster. Tyler Myers, a monster. All these I mean, guys. You look at Colton Pareko. Yeah, monsters. He's a monster. All these guys. A monster are huge. shot from the blue line, at least. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you can develop him to have some sort of offensive flair, just the smallest bit, whether it's a slap shot that misses the net by 10 miles, but it's hard as hell, do it. Just do your best. You're, you're, they're going to have no problem turning him into a fantastic defensive defenseman. It's just if you want to stick in the NHL, you got to show a bit of offense and just be complacent and not just be a liability when your team's in the offensive zone. Because then teams will be like, clear the lane, let him shoot. Doesn't matter who gives mm-hmm. a damn. But if he has a shot, then it's a little different. Um, the, I, I, the only reason that I will give him a higher grade than I really should is because he's a right-handed shot, and those are so hard to come by, especially ones that can play in the NHL. And I feel like if he just sticks to, I can play defense, I can play defense, I can play defense, and worries a little about the offensive part, he'll have a quick path to the NHL as well. Uh, Not, like, super quick. Keep in mind, he is a project, but I think he could really get there quicker than a lot of people think. Uh, because of his size. I mean, that because, does help. Just because he's gigantic. Size, yes. reach, and you put a couple other little things on there, then you're making at least a usable defenseman. And, yeah. And if anything, too, when you look at some of these players, player teams draft other players as well. But they're like, you know, in three years, we're probably not going to have a spot for him, but he's Keith, an asset we can trade. Keith Olley was the same kind of guy, hopped around from team to team to team because people were like, he's so damn big. We want to try, like, developing him. We want to yep. try. We want to try. And, I mean, it never panned out for Ollie. But he get paid. But he got paid. He got to try. And uh, at yep. the end of the day, like 
It's just it didn't work out for him. He that we could see another Keith Ollie type player here. I mean, Ollie was a little bigger, but just develop one tiny ounce of offensive skill, right. and you'll have a better chance of sticking in the NHL. All right, last one. This took forever. I was able to make lunch during this. Um, I might have taken a nap. I probably could have watched Endgame uh, between these picks uh, because between 20, 124 and 179, Fred's final pick is they traded away the fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, their final pick is in round six. Thank God they didn't have a seventh because it kept going forever. Uh, 179, it was another forward, Simon Neck. He is from Switzerland, so he's one of the only four non non major European hockey producing countries that was taken. So, yeah, I mean, one Germany, one Great Britain, one Swiss, or something like that. It was, or some, yeah, very very few Swiss players taken. So he was he's pretty excited to join an organization with Roman Yossi, but mm-hmm. Simon Neck from Switzerland, but with the Portland Winterhawks as well, and so he got to play last season got to play 24 games last season 29 points he's also been playing uh, with hc davos in switzerland and also playing the world juniors with or sorry yeah world junior under 20 i uh, played four games there and then yeah so i mean he's an international player he was skipped over last year so he is draft eligible he's an overager and i asked him as well what did that do to motivate him getting skipped over he's like it was emotional it was difficult to deal with i had to deal with that but it showed me that i had to get better as well and he wanted to get better uh and this is after the 1920 season where he had 34 points in 49 games and played internationally as well and so we responded with 29 points in 24 games and he felt like he got better he had a chip on his shoulder and that that will help him develop i talked to scouts for the preds about this too it's like that determination they saw that change they saw that he's able to motivate himself to be better and that character aspect is something they really liked it's another one too where he's i mean he's 6-1 so he's a he's a decently sized dude 194 he has a, a wide frame uh this is what Corey Promen had to say about him as we continue this trend of me just reading off scattering reports and then we'll get to Matt's analysis uh his game isn't that flashy and he attacks in straight lines but does so effectively his skating is just okay and that'll be his main challenge for the NHL with the way he plays in a sentence Knack has a chance at the NHL due to his work ethic and skill but his skating may hold him back that was noted also by the scouts that his work ethic is that that character type of guy and it's from elite prospects um uh, beyond defense, his skating improvements led to major junior success, but didn't elevate his projection in the eyes of our scouts. Instead of using the skating improvement to diversify his game, he doubled down on the endless wave of outside lane net drives. After skating down the outside, he skates across the body of the pivoting defender, then rushes towards the crease. While effective in the WHL, pro-level defenders with pivoting and gap issues are far more in common and won't work at higher levels. Knack's likely role in the NHL is as a fourth liner. He clearly doesn't lack fear with all those net drives, but he will have to diversify his offense and add more defensive ability to make it. So still projecting potentially as a fourth liner. Again, not a bad thing, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in the sixth round. Yeah. Um, again, you, you know what you're what you're getting out of there. He's a he's a decently sized dude that has offensive ability. We'll just need to diversify through his development. Something the predators can do. Uh, but as an overager as well, it's interesting to see how usually overagers react to finally being drafted and giving everything for the team. So again, the work ethic and what he'll put in to try to prove the doubters wrong that skipped over him so many so many times. I mean, look, six rounds of people still skipped over him as an overager. We saw that Victor Arvidsson, the way he came out right off the bat was able to produce as an overager the way he was drafted too so matt it feels like he just needs a kick in the ass in the right direction of listen if you want to make the nhl this is what you have to do what you did last year on your own kind of thing with your old coaching staff 
that's not going to cut it in the NHL. I feel like if he goes to the Predators and plays with them and like actually gets to talk to the player development people in Nashville and they go, hey, if you want an actual chance to be an impact player in the NHL, here's what you have to work on. It doesn't matter if you don't see the points in the WHL kind of thing. It doesn't matter. We just want to see you work on these aspects of your game. Because he's already drafted. That's it. They don't need to see him score like 50 points next year or something like that. They don't give a shit about that. What they care about is take these directions with that work ethic and actually go forth and do that. If he pans out to be a effective fourth line or third line player, that's great because you drafted him in the sixth round. If he projects to be anything higher than that, that's unbelievable because you drafted him in the sixth round. What other player did the Predators draft that projects to be a third-line or fourth-line player that they drafted in the first round? Didn't like that. I like this. This is where you draft those kinds of players <laughs> with that work ethic because while he's not flipping people off in the stands, he's he can evolve into the type of player that people like. Because what do people like? Players that are noticeable on ice if they're scoring goals or noticeable if they're going to all the shitty places on the ice. This kid does the second part of that. He won't score goals, but he'll get to the crappy areas on the ice. He's fearless, like one of the scouting reports said, and you didn't spend a lot of draft capital on him. Uh, this, to me, is another B. I, I like this pick, too. It's a project, yeah. and if it doesn't work out, it was a sixth-round pick and a crappy draft. Right, absolutely. So give it a B as well. And so I would give the Predators, I'd say, between a B-plus and an A-minus overall on the draft. I think it was a draft because I, I liked at least the vision, and I'll give them credit on the vision that they had overall on this and the variety of, of picks and especially in a draft year that we don't know much about a lot of these players because they not all of them were able to play. And so a lot of these players are probably gonna be playing with chips on their shoulders and want to do everything to prove why they belong. And I will say this, and I will give David Poyle credit on this though, that last night, sorry, Friday night during media availability, he even acknowledged, and we, we all know this, he's like, look, out of every draft, one and maybe at most two out of your draft class actually make it to the NHL become full-time NHLers. And if you get two, that is that is great. So if we get, he's like, even out, out of this draft class, if one makes it, I mean, if Shvetchkov makes it and no one else does, that's that's a big thing. Then you have a center. Then you have a middle six center with the ceiling of a, a second line center. If LaRue does, then at least you know you you spent that pick wisely enough to get a guy that is going to spend that is going to be full time on your third or fourth line and produce and probably not cost a lot of money either while doing that. So it's, it's understandable. Keep in mind, folks, that one or two from this whole draft class will likely make it. You'll see probably two more in the AHL and then a couple more that'll just let the rights expire. That's just yeah, how, that's... how it tends to go. And you, you don't know what you get there. I will say this, too, before we get on to I know Matt wants to rant uh, just a little <laughs> this a little bit. There will be a development camp coming up in August. David Paul, I don't know if he was supposed to let that slip, but he let it slip in his media availability. They're going to have a development camp. So I'm not sure if media is going to have access to that. They might just have a camp bringing people together. I would hope they have some access, uh, even if not in person, just to be able to go out there and watch some of these guys because they didn't know teams had development camps last year. This would be the first time for a lot of these prospects to even be in person with Predators people or even in person with each other to meet each other. I highly doubt. I, I would doubt maybe Svechkov is able to make it just from Russia. Who knows? Uh, but it'd be great to see a lot of these kids be able to come over uh, and do this as well. So really excited for that opportunity for, for hopefully for us to be able to get to a development camp and get some looks at some of these kids. But hey, I love the draft. I love being able to have access like this and be the only non-internal media member on the majority of the calls. <laughs> That's pretty badass to think about. Um, um, if I do rate yeah. this draft... 
there's a lot I liked, there's a lot I really didn't like, which brings me to a legitimate C, which feels like a cop-out. Um, I, I like the high-end picks that they took. It, it does feel like a cop-out because you gave almost everyone an A or a B except Yeah, and one. then I tanked one with a D. And then, yeah, but even on averages, that would at least be a B minus. It'd be like a C plus ish. Would it? It would. I gave everyone like straight B's and A minus, and then a hard D. Pfft, sorry, uh, <laughs> 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 I didn't mean that. But I just, I wish the draft went another direction in terms of <laughs> keeping those second round picks and just throwing more darts. If they threw okay. a few more darts on high upside guys, I would have liked it a lot more. It's just trading that draft capital to go up. That, they did the move we wanted, but they didn't draft the player that we would have liked to see. They draft, like, someone's got to draft them. Someone's got to draft the sure thing here, but it didn't need to be the Predators. They have a lot of those guys in the system. Other than that, Svechkov is my favorite pick. Ufko's my second one, and to round it out, Olsen's my third. Okay. And then DFL yeah. is... Zach, sorry, pal. Oh boy, boy, there, there's Matt giving his uh, hard D plus. I didn't mean that. <laughs> giving, giving out to everybody. That's uh, that's at best of Matt. If you need some <laughs> hard, need a D hard plus. D plus, sounds like alcoholic drinks. Or Disney plus. Or Disney plus. Like there's or C plus, plus up here. Do you have C plus there? Nope. C plus is like this really shitty. You know what it is. You've it sounds it. like a coding language. C plus plus, yeah. No, it's <laughs> kind of gross. It's like this tangy, oh. gross drink. Didn't really like oh, it as a oh, kid. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Anyways, so other stories through the draft and through trades associated with the draft, brothers and family. My God. This, especially you talk about throwing darts. Because a lot of evaluation was unique, I feel like teams were more willing to just be like, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll make put, you happy. Put a brother in the system. Yeah, yeah we'll make you happy. Not necessarily saying that happened with Hughes because Hughes deserved to be taken high mm-hmm. like that. And so why not? Why not make it happen like that? But then also you have Seth Jones to Chicago and ex- signing that re- insane extension. Kale McCarr doesn't make as much money as Seth Jones. Let, like, if yeah. you, uh, blah, blah, stupid. Kale McCarr's brother taken by the Avalanche, right. <laughs> speaking of there. So plenty of themes of family. Uh, there are some. Some other, like we said before, some big time jumps and big time falls. I know people had different people on their boards they would have seen, like to see the Predators take as well, but just got to see what, what turns out with the Predators. The other one is basically what closed out the first round of the draft that sent most people, and including multiple analysts, and major props to people like uh, Arpin Basu, Emily Kaplan, for basically even, um, wow, even Ken Campbell. Uh, just <laughs> Uh, he he's been better when he's yeah, gone independent. He also wrote a stupid article, and he called like the headline was like "troubled past" or something like that. Just yeah. say the god Just say darn it. phrase. Yes. So all of the, multiple people calling out what the Montreal Canadiens did in drafting Logan Mayu, a kid who said, "Don't draft me," because of what he did in the past, and. The, Bro, th- this is not a kid that made a simple mistake. If you were saying it's a simple mistake, you can just get the fuck right out of here. <laughs> okay. You'll use our F-bomb. Okay. <laughs> it's not a simple mistake. And no. He's, he's not just a kid. You know right from wrong when you were this age. You know right from wrong. And you can apologize. You can learn from it. But just because you apologize and learn from it does not mean you deserve a career in the NHL. Nope. 
So, and if I'm not going to go into any more details in terms of what, what he did, because nope. you can look that up and it comes with a trigger warning, please, yep. when you're going to look that up. But Matt, I wanted to toss it over to you because this is the topic I know you want to discuss, but that's my piece on it. I could go on even more too, but I know you had plenty to say. Uh, this was bullshit. The easiest way to say it is this was bullshit. I, like what he did was horribly wrong. You know that at like age 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, you know that as long as you're growing up, as long as you have a decent set of parents and a good crowd around you, you know what he did is completely and utterly messed up. Moving on from that, if you're the Montreal Canadiens and you go, oh, I, I just, I need to draft this French Canadian. He, he said to himself that don't draft me, but I got his skills there. If you ever think for one second that I need to draft this player, but... I need to prepare a press release. It may, just maybe you don't draft right. the player and you leave him alone. Uh, show, let the kid show that he's grown from it and learn from his mistakes. Blah blah blah. He took like a first step in going on and like saying don't draft me and like saying all that stuff is one thing. Actually meaning it's another, and I don't want to dive into that. I like honestly, I don't think he meant it. Watching his media availability today, the kid doesn't give a shit. He just read it verbatim, like his sentence. He was like, I. He was did. looking down the whole yeah, time. Yeah, like. I, that's a whole other rant for a whole different day. The optics that I want to talk about is what the absolute hell are you doing drafting this kid after, like, I, I, I cheer for the Leafs. I started to like Montreal in the playoffs. I thought it was cool to root for them. This just put everything back into me to just go F the Habs. This was so stupid. I, I, I don't understand it. The one thing that you're supposed to do growing up if you have a chance to play in the NHL and you know by age like 13 14 when you're growing up if you have a legitimate chance you know based on what level you're playing in you know based on how well you're doing and this is the fault of two groups here one him dumbass moron two your parents like if your parents don't instill any kind of values into you like hey don't do what he did if you want to know what he did, go look it up. Like Justin said, we're not going to do that. Then you got shitty parents and you got a shitty set of morals. Your teammates are also bags of shit for letting, like, laughing at it and letting you get away with it. You, I don't want to say ruin someone's life because they could turn their life around and have a great life kind of thing. But the fact of the matter is what the Habs did on a PR scale of things was just a pile of shit. When, the, when they released their statement... The first thing they brought up was that he was a promising hockey player. That's the first thing you bring up in a press release. And I'll read it here. The Canadians have released the following statement after selecting defenseman Logan Mayu, 31st overall in the 2021 NHL draft on Friday night. By drafting prospect Logan Mayu with the 31st overall pick, the Montreal Canadiens organization not only selected a promising hockey player. Well, like, that's, I, I don't give a shit that he's going to be a promising hockey player. He's a promising piece of shit is what he is, but based on the actions that he's done. But also a young man, and I'm reading again, who recently admitted to making a serious mistake. That's not a mistake. You don't mistakenly do that. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. It's that's who you are at that age. At 18 years old, you are a piece of garbage for doing that. Now, years down, maybe let's say when he's 30 years old, he goes on, he can be a successful CEO somewhere. He could be a hockey scout. He could do all of these things because he learned when he was 18 years old that, yeah, shouldn't have done that. I effed up. I'm an idiot. But you're not going to know his remorse right now at 18 years old. I was doing dumb shit at 18. I wasn't doing that kind of dumb shit. But I was doing dumb things. And I look back on him like, yeah, I was kind of stupid. And it's not career tarnishing things or anything like that. And I get that a kid's a kid. 
Like, you're going to be a kid, you're going to do things like that. That doesn't apply here. That's not a kid being a kid. That's a human with very low morals being a human with very low morals. The fact that that ever crosses your mind of, I'm going to perform this action and then do this and not think about the consequences, you don't have a backbone, you don't have a spine, you don't have any sense of knowledge, you're just being pretty effing stupid. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens as a whole, as an organization, so should be embarrassed. This isn't a, we're going to make them look good. We, the Montreal Canadiens way, are going to bring him into our system and just make him a better human being. It, it doesn't matter what team you are, what resources you have. You could tell someone to be good. You could tell someone to not be a serial killer. At the end of the day, if they want to do it, they're going to do it. At the end of the day, if they want to be a piece of shit, they're going to be a piece of shit. It's up to him deep down to figure it out and figure out if he's going to be a good functioning person in society, not even in the NHL, a person in society, before he can make that jump into the NHL. I thought initially, and I'll give credit where credit's due, when he pulled himself out of the draft, I was like, okay, that's an okay first step. I'm okay with that because that's actually action and not saying sorry. That's taking a consequence into your own hands. I'm cool with that. His bullshit phony apology, don't really give shit for. His statement today, don't really care. Him pulling himself out of the draft, thought was okay. The biggest move that he could make now is to flat out decline to go to the Habs. That would be the only saving grace that could kind of put him back on track of maybe people will believe in him. Do I think this kid will ever make the NHL? 10% chance. Do I think he gets knocked the f out if he makes it? 90% chance. People don't forget about stuff like that. And I know hockey culture is broken, but that's just human culture being broken in what he did. I think you make a lot of fair points, Matt. Make me a lot of fair points, and not to drag anything else on, folks. But I uh, want to know what what you thought about the Predators draft picks. Let us know. Tweet us at Justin Bradford at Best of Matt at Triple P Podcast underscore. And make sure if you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe because I feel like we've been we've been killing it with some coverage here of late, and actually having stuff to talk to. You. Or we'll talk Marvel. I mean, there's plenty of things for us to discuss here. And free agency is right around the corner. We'll see what happens there. The Predators have cap space. We know that they're going to be having to re-sign plenty of players as well, but might be making a run at a player or two and maybe some spots to fill. But if not, then they're going to have some good youth battling for spots as well. And we'll be able to analyze that. So I believe, Matt, the next episode from us will probably be right after free agency. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think so. Well, I record Wednesday night. I think so. And uh, we'll unless a trade away. happens. Unless yes, a unless a trade happened. Let's say trade happens. If there is breaking news, big time breaking news, as we promise, we will have that covered for you as well. But if not, in our next episode, we'll record Wednesday night after the major brunt of free agency, mm -hmm. and we'll have you covered until then. And we'll have a giveaway. Go. Yeah, and we'll, oh, we'll have a giveaway. We'll have a giveaway. This one's we'll going to be one of those uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcast giveaway. Okay. And if you've already left us a review, just let me know which one's yours so I can add you to the giveaway. So you can go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. If you are not on Apple Podcast, you can still do this. Even if you have a like an Android phone, you can still have an Apple ID. Go out, make the review, and then delete your account. doesn't really matter, but you'll get a chance to win 100 bucks. I'll explain more in the next giveaway. Also, so I went to the gym for the first time in oh. nearly two years. I've been doing like home workouts and running and stuff like that. But I got mm -hmm. lucky, and my buddy is a personal trainer at this gym. Got me on his friends and family discount, and I was like, okay, I have no excuses. And he ran me through his, like, personal training sessions. And, like, the first one he did was an introduction to see, like, your evaluation. And he did, like, an actual training session after. 
I haven't been able to go up the stairs in over or in under a minute in two days. I'm more sore today than I was yesterday, and the workout was two days ago. My arms are like locked in T-Rex form right now. It is very hard for me to stretch them out. I can feel it everywhere. It's ridiculous. Um, but man, I don't remember the last time I was a sore from exercise. It's just everything hurts. My ass hurts. My tits hurt. My arms hurt. Everything. My neck was sore yesterday. I've never had a sore neck from working out. Every muscle hurts. I'm You're saying broken. it was your neck, your back? Lick my... <laughs> yeah, it was. It, like, every well, part of me, man. Well, I'm proud of you for doing it. If you keep doing it, then it won't hurt as much. You're right. You're right. That's true. I Like, <laughs> I woke... Yesterday, I was like, oh, I'm super sore, but I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. I woke up this morning. I was like, no, 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 no. I cannot. I texted my buddy, too. I was like, am I supposed to be this sore today, too? He's like, yeah, if anything, you're supposed to be the most sore today. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. fun. Well, there we cool. go. Thanks. There we go. Well, Matt... Thank you for your time, for draft coverage, and your insight as well. As always, appreciate that. And, folks, make sure, again, tweet us what you think and your thoughts on the draft class. And, hey, tell us also who you want the partners to target in free agency if you want them to target anybody at all. So we'll see what happens in the next few days. This is Justin Bradford for Matt Best on the Triple P Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Preds, Pucks, and Pinoys. Bye. Bye.